Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. In each episode, you will be hearing from a thought leader, a coach, a trainer, a speaker, someone who is desiring to bridge the gap between where you are and where you desire to be. Their stories will be authentic. Their stories will be humbling. Their stories will be impactful. So please tune in and enjoy. Hey everyone, what's going on? What's going on? We're back. We're back with another Hot Takes episode where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. And so today, I told y'all, practitioners only. It's a practitioners only club this year on the Hot Takes. Uh, and there's a good reason for that. And you're going you're gonna to understand today with my next guest, uh, Coach Terry. Coach Terry, what is going on? Hey, Lawrence. I am doing great. How about you? Oh, if I was doing any better, it'd be illegal. But uh, but I'm I'm willing to take that risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Every, everything's going well here with me. I'm um, you know, I'm outside of Chicago, and we had probably about three feet of snow in our front wow. yard. But it's uh, we've had some warm weather, and it's melted, so it's down to only about six inches. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, we're not living that life. I'm here in Georgia. And uh, we, it was almost close to, to 80 degrees yesterday. Oh, so, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I got long sleeves on just because I think uh, I think my wife might turn the air on. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you so much, so much for for being here with me today. Um, and if you could just tell people again, you said you're in Chicago, but uh, a little bit about yourself before we get rolling with today's topic. Yeah, sure. I'm an executive and career coach, and I also have written a book called Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms. Um, before I became a coach in 2017, I was a longtime marketer. I spent most of my career in financial services marketing, and by the time I, I finished up with that career, I was leading marketing for several businesses at my last employer. Um, I'm also a wife. I've been married for 25 years, and I have three kids who are all, of course, back home <laughs> with with COVID. They're uh, ages 17 to 23. So, uh, you know, I've got a full life, but I really, really enjoy everything I do. So I, lo I love I love that you, you know, talked about the, the noodle strand of all of your being, um, because it, I tell you what, if we didn't learn anything over this past year and me and you were just uh, discussing briefly about, you know, it'd be the year since since kind of everything in, in our world changed um, and, and really transitioned. And I love the topic of today um, and how we're going to win at work. But but I just want to start with you. Like what made this a topic? for you that you dug into? Well, you know, I, I really feel like all of us deserve to, um, you know, I well, actually, I mean, step back and just say, I will work with people who typically are high achievers that are what I call successful, but not satisfied. And what I mean by that is that they're paying a high price for their success. So they're feeling maybe a little anxious. They're always feeling like maybe they could be doing more. They're pushing themselves. And I think that that was me for sure. And one of the things that I learned was that, you know, we can find that happy middle ground where we are achieving success, but we also have room in our lives for the things that bring us joy. And in fact, I think that when we find that balance, that that's kind of the optimum, you know, because if, if we run too long on empty, then we don't have enough left in our tank to show up 
well at work or at home. And so, you know, I really try to help people find that that middle ground where there there's the maximum overlap between their personal happiness and their professional success. Yeah, I'm not going to let you ride past past what you just (laughs) said about successful, but not satisfied. But I I, I thought that was the goal, Terry. I I thought that I thought that was the goal. Yeah, you know, well, for many of us who are high achievers, and I think you and I both fall in that category, that, you know, what can happen over time is that we actually become addicted to external validation. We get rewarded for doing well. So, you know, if you even go back and you think about, you know, in school, you know, if you get an A on your test, you're going to want more of that, right? So then you're going to learn to study and to do the things that you need to do to get that validation. And what can happen very often with high achievers is that they have done that so much that they actually lose touch with the things that, you know, they, they kind of put their own needs second, you know, because they've learned to um, wait on their gratification, delay gratification. Um, but at some point, you know, you got to kind of wake up and say, you know what, I've been, I've been, you know, chasing that brass ring and I've gotten it. And not only have I gotten it, but I continue to get it. Right. And so at what point do you say like, not, not necessarily like that's enough and I'm going to like rest on my laurels, but at what point do you say, I don't need to keep putting the pedal to the metal that I can like ease back a little bit instead of giving 110%. 90% is going to be more than enough. Um, and in fact, I think that, you know, people who are thoughtful about how much of their time and energy they invest in the things that are important to them um, actually become, they're, they're happier and they're more successful because they don't feel compelled. They, they realize that they are at choice in their life. And, and so they're being intentional about choosing what they do. Um, because otherwise we do feel, we start to feel anxious. We start to feel like we're not enough. We worry. And you know, any time that you're worrying, that's energy that's being drained away from being able to take that energy and focus it on our goals, whether that's a personal or professional goal. Yeah, I, and, I lo- and I love that, particularly from that space, right, of, of- you know, seeking those external validations, but there's something that uh, that you really dig into for for self and others is um, focus and effort on finding your highest value work. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's that all about? Well, for you know, many of us, we might have very long to do lists, and we may judge ourselves and say, "Well, I'm you know, it's all black or white, right?" That either I'm going to finish everything and it's going to be perfect. Or if I keep a few things that, you know, a few things on that list aren't done, that means that I, I'm not successful, that I haven't achieved what I need to achieve. And the reality is, and I think most people would agree that most jobs, you know, and honestly, whether that's like you're, you know, you're a, a parent or, you know, you've got a job and you're working, most jobs, you could work 24 seven, 365 days a year, and there would still be things that you could do. You could, you know, there's still things that you could do to be better. And what we really need to do is stop, step back and say, okay, if I could invest my time in the, in the things that are gonna give me the maximum payback, what would those things be? And, and really to be intentional about it. 
Um, because a lot of times, if we are spending our time doing the right things, some of those little things are going to fall by the wayside. Or, you know, we can be intentional about saying, well, if, if I'm not, if I don't have enough time, just as an example, and this is something I did years ago, if I don't have enough time to clean my house, right, if I would prefer to spend my weekends hanging out with my family rather than, you know, spending all day on Saturday cleaning my house, what should I do? I, I hired a cleaning person, right? And, and at first, my husband was mad about it. <laughs> I said, well, why don't we try it and see how we like it? Well, you know, 20 something years later, we still have a cleaning person, right? Because it was well worth the investment of that to, you know, be able to, to think about what's my highest value. Uh, you know, how do I use my time for the highest value activities? It, it could be, you know, being able to stay a little later at work and know that um, I can come home and make dinner and I don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm going to have to clean, right? Or uh, spending time with my family. Like if they, the kids have a soccer game on Saturday, not having to say like, oh, well, do, do I leave the house a mess or do I go to the soccer game? And I, and I love that because, because what I'm, what I'm really hearing is, you know, <laughs> it, it comes up for the uh, work-life balance. Um, and, and really one of the things that re I really speaks to me is you just began to almost leverage what was important and you began to to shift the priorities and and why why is that important for people to do like begin to leverage and focus on where are my leverage points instead of trying mm -hmm. to do the whole juggling hat thing yeah yeah well i think that um maybe some people can relate with this whole idea of whack-a-mole in their lives right that whether it's at work or whether it's at home right i mean just think about the emails or the you know, the text alerts that are popping up on your phone or on your, your computer all day. We can, we can say like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to react to each one of those things as it comes up. That is a really good way to exhaust yourself um, because, you know, we're, we're reacting. We don't have any control over these things that are happening um, versus leverage, which is where can I invest my time where I'm going to get the maximum impact for what I'm doing. And that does go back to that whole idea of what's my highest value work. And, you know, I, I'll, um, I'll give an example from somebody that I, I worked with, and she uh, got promoted from being a team leader of eight, where her MO was that if somebody on her team, you know, was having trouble with the project that she could, she was kind of a player coach, she could jump in and help them take some stuff off their plate so that, you know, they as a team were getting across the finish line. Well, she did a great job at that. And she got promoted to the head of the department, which is a, a team of 50. And uh, she kept trying to use that same approach to managing a team of 50. And, you know, it doesn't take long to figure out that, you know, the one to 50 ratio is, not the same as the one to eight ratio, right? So she was exhausted. She was working 80 hours or 70 hours a week and taking work home, never had time with her family. And we really started to look at, you know, what are the things that only you can do in your department? Because she had this open door policy where people are coming in all day long and asking her like, oh, I'm having trouble with the system or, you know, just like very penny ante type requests. Well, these were things that people could either figure out on their own or they could probably go to somebody else on the team to figure out. And um, so what she wasn't getting done that only she could get done was her own work. So 
we um, agreed right from the start that one thing that she was going to try was closing her door for two hours a day so that she actually had the time to do her own work, which obviously nobody else can do the reports and the communications and that kind of thing that she was responsible for. And uh, she was really nervous about it at first because she was very involved. She wanted to be very involved and approachable within her department. But because she closed off that avenue for her team to come and use her in a way that was less than optimal, they figured out better ways to get their problem solved. And she she was able to do the work that only she could do. Um, and, and that kind of gets into other leverage points, which is like delegation. Uh, building process, you know, stepping back and seeing where are the gaps, like, like in her her uh, case, you know, there were certain gaps that she was a little blind to, like, for example, that, you know, she would get reports from various people on her team, and she would have to take them and put them into a report that went higher up in the organization. And there was inconsistency in the way that each person was reporting the information. And she was spending the time fixing it. And I said, well, why not step back and decide what the format is that you want? And then you push that down, you delegate that so that when you get it, it's very straightforward and simple. But I think a lot of times, you know, especially for people who are used to just doing whatever needs to be done, that is a great quality. But as you rise within an organization and you have more authority, it's important to start using that authority to get, you know, to get the leverage that you actually have the authority to get within the organization. Yeah. And and I, and I love something there that, that's really coming up for me is is identifying, you know, there's a difference between being involved and being an enabler. Um, yeah. And really, particularly when it comes to there, that is a huge jump in, in just having single digit responsibility yeah. and people reporting to to a massive jump like that yeah because you and and i love uh cy wakeman's book no ego really talks about like that open door policy and what it really mm -hmm. should be used for um and not it's not used for people to rob you of your day yes. um and different things like that and i th and i love the proactiveness of hey you still have responsibilities that you actually need to take care of during your work day it's uh, mm -hmm. and I and I always had those leaders uh, that used to talk to like you know what that's why I started six a.m. because from six to eight it, I can work on my stuff and then I'll stay and I'll work from six p.m. to to ten p.m. or whatever it takes them like so what'd you do in that in that middle time and it was just you mm -hmm. were a firefighter right that was just yeah. the way things were um and and I've seen organizations that's why nobody signed up to be a leader because they were yeah. watching that and so yeah. you had no bench strength. Because people were like, you, you get paid how much more just to do that? It was like, yeah. no, that's, that's not sexy. That's not appealing to me. Um, and there's something that seems a little out of control about that. And Absolutely. And, <laughs> it oh, is. I mean, oh. and you talk about being a firefighter. Right. I mean, with that, the idea is to maybe make sure that fires don't start in the first place. <laughs> right. Like if there's dry brush, you know, let's remove that. If there's you know, uh, frayed electrical cords, well, let's replace those, right? But as as the leader, it's your job to look for those opportunities. And it's within your power to change those things. You know, and I think sometimes people don't recognize that, especially when you're rising in the organization, sometimes, you know, and, and it totally makes sense that, you know, if you, well, I think for most people, if they've been successful, they want to keep doing the things that have gotten them to that point. 
But what got you here is not going to get you to that next level. You need to, you know, peel back the blinders a little bit and recognize like, okay, well, at this next level, what's my new perspective? What, what additional resources do I have at my disposal here? And just because, you know, a system wasn't put in place in the, in the past doesn't mean that you can't do it now. I love that. Um, and that in and of itself of, you know, what's your what's the perspective needed at this level versus the others? And what comes up for me a lot of times is the the focus on you being the one that has to come up with the answers around that. And yeah. and what ends up invariably happening is that that single point of failure or island of excellence um, because you try to do it by yourself. And when it comes to creating leader community and, and getting a coach, particularly around understanding or shifting perspective, like what's your what's your take on on when to, to lead, get out of your own skin and say, you know what, I need help. Well, I mean, I think if if you're in a situation where you're not getting the outcomes that you would like, or you're, like I said earlier, if you're paying a really high price for your success, I mean, if you feel like breathless and like it's just not sustainable, that's a good time to get somebody who can help you see things from a different perspective and maybe help you to see where there might be points of leverage that you don't see and you're not using. Um, I think that it's, I mean, it's pretty common for uh, companies not to train people as they rise within the ranks. And a lot of times we'll just use, you know, we'll model behavior that we've seen other people use. And it doesn't mean that that behavior is, you know, long-term effective. Like a lot of people will try to lead through coercion, you know, or through fear. And that's um, limited. That's really limited. And and to, um, I think, a point that you were making earlier about, um, you know, empowering people versus enabling. Mm. Um, you know, I think a lot of times whenever somebody has sort of like what I call the superhero syndrome, like they're they're talented, they can do a lot of things and they feel like they've got to rush in to save everybody in every situation. You actually are, you know, uh, you're you're undermining people on your department or in your department, because they may feel, become fearful, like, oh, well, I don't even want to bother doing this because I'm either afraid that my boss is going to criticize the way that I did it, or they're just going to come in and redo it anyway. So why try, right? And, and this gets to be kind of a vicious cycle, because sometimes the, you know, I'll work with people and they'll say like, oh, I'm so frustrated that, you know, every time that I assign this, like people just don't step up and they don't want to do it or they just do it sort of, you know, halfway. And I say, well, how clear have you been about what your expectations are? And are they, you know, do they know everything that they need to know in order to deliver on your expectations? And then on top of that, I think if, you know, if somebody has a lot of experience doing something, um, a lot of times they'll say, you know, I'm not even going to delegate this because I can do this in five minutes. Well, you got to think about the investment of the time and the energy and the opportunity cost. If you're a leader and you're doing work that somebody that's on your team could do, um, you're not doing your highest value work. And if you're getting paid, say, you know, twice as much as, you know, somebody on your team 
And it takes that person twice as long to do the activity that you would have done. That's actually equivalent, right? And and it, unless you give them the opportunity to learn, they're never going to get better at it. But the reality is that if you start to delegate things that others can do, even if it takes them longer, you're you're empowering yourself. You're freeing yourself to do higher value work, right? Because you know, anytime that you're you know, spending, showing somebody how to do a, you know, Excel um, formula (laughs) Um, is time that you're not developing the next new product, that you're not having a conversation with a, you know, new customer or, or something that could impact the bottom line for the company in a positive way. And I, and I love that it, particularly as a leader, when you you think about, right. Cause at, at some point as a leader, you're hopefully transitioning your mindset from executor mm-hmm. to strategist, right? right. And putting more of a chess player instead of checkers. And, yeah. and I love what you, you said, particularly around weighing the, the opportunity cost, right? Of, yeah, it may take you five minutes because you had experience mm-hmm. and it, it didn't always take you five minutes. But just to have that message of, you know what, I need to build a skill set of my team. So I can remove myself from these tasks because they're no longer mine. And one of the biggest things that I had to learn and I'm continuing to learn um, and shout out to my coach um, because she's going to get on me. uh, Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that 100 (laughs) percent. And for me, it's. It gets to the heart of something that um, I, I know you uh, feel pad- purposed about helping people understand that finding your why, finding your reason, mm-hmm. like, like, h- help me, help me flush that out for folks. Um, you know, I think that in order to achieve any goal, it's really important to get clear on what that goal is and to Think about what does that mean for you? How does that align with what your values are? You know, and to your point, like, what is your why? You know, that was that was something that when I was making the transition from working in corporate to becoming a coach, you know, I, I was, I, I kind of felt like I had outgrown my corporate job. And I had been a marketer for so long, I never honestly had had taken a look at like, what is it that I really love about doing this? And I was kind of surprised once I did that introspection, because what I realized was it wasn't about what maybe a lot of people think it should be from a marketing standpoint, like, oh, let me see if I can beat the control, you know, like how much revenue am I bringing in? Like, of course, that's important. And that I had to focus on that. But personally, what was really important to me was helping the people within the organization. I got most of my satisfaction from that, that, you know, person to person interaction, sitting down with the head of a business and learning about what their issues were. And my personal satisfaction came from things like, you know, where they come back and say, oh, we met our goals this quarter because of that campaign that you guys did. Or I got three hard to reach um, prospects who called me after that innovative mailing that we sent out to them. You know, like that, that personal was really important to me. And, and like I said, that was, that was surprising. Cause I liked the creativity. I liked, you know, knowing that our campaigns did well, but you know, when I really dug into it, what I realized was, you know, helping humans <laughs> was what my why was. I, I love, I love that. Right. Because 
it's flipped on its head when when you begin to focus as a leader on the actual people you're intending to influence versus what they're doing right and the job and the widgets mm-hmm. and and all the mm-hmm. rest of that and and i believe or the the market share and all the rest of those things that tends to happen and mm-hmm. can you read a pnl um as, as a leader and all these other things but it's like hey if i focus on the people if i focus on the individual development that's ultimately going to influence yeah. and, and affect everything else and and so understanding that as a purpose movement for yourself um kudos to you coach uh <laughs> for, for for seeking that and then now putting yourself in position as a strategic uh piece to help not only yourself but organizations and clients and, and other leaders uh help them get out of their own way um and and there's something i want you to speak to this um maybe as a, a kind of final humongous uh rail stake um <laughs> why does being happy matter Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why are we alive? This is the question, right? Like we were not, we're, we're human beings. We're not human doings, right? I really believe that each of us were, were placed here on earth with unique gifts to us. And that, you know, when we step fully into who we are authentically, And, you know, like I was talking earlier about, you know, external validation versus internal validation. And when I talk about internal validation, what I mean is being connected with that soul that we were given when we came onto this earth, like that is our true self. And, you know, I I don't think that we were we were put here just to be robots that, you know, we're just producing stuff all day long. Um, There can be a lot of satisfaction that goes along with that. And I'm definitely, you know, a driven person. I like achieving things. And I think it's really important to get in touch with the flow of who we are as human beings. And the more that we can step into that, the more that we can connect with others on a very authentic level. Uh, And, you know, I, I think that when once you get in touch with that, the achievement kind of takes its proper place in the whole scheme of things, right? It's it, it balance. And, and also you can be in the flow. You, you know, you don't worry so much. You don't, you don't like worry about what other people think. You say, I, I love myself. And because I love myself, I have love to give to other people. And I show up fully whenever I, you know, whenever I'm working, I show up fully and people sense that there's just an ease to it and there's a beauty to it. And, you know, honestly, I think that's what life is all about. And it's just a matter of us like having the courage to, to uh, step into that. I love that. And uh, I tell you what, we've talked about that in several episodes this year, just about being courageous, um, but being vulnerable enough to, to say uh, you don't have all the answers, but you you expose yourself to a community of people mm-hmm. um, and you're not trying to be all things to all people. And, and okay. so, yeah, it's okay. you just find not your ability. No, I love yeah. that. I love that. So thank you so much. Uh, for getting for for throwing a little banter out there and giving people some juice um, on this Monday as it pertains to how to how to win in that overlap between your professional life and your personal life and then ultimately just really that last that last part to me was about fulfillment and and, and just really enjoying yeah. being alive. 
Yes. Yeah. Lawrence, you know, one thing that I want to just touch on is that, you know, I named my book Winning the Game of Work because I, I knew for the people that this book is made for that they'd be like winning. I want to win. Right. But the, the way that you win the game of work or the game of life is determining what does success look like for you? Okay, not worrying about what other people think, but really getting clear on what success looks like for you and then putting a roadmap, a strategy in place to achieve that for yourself. I love I absolutely love that. That that was that was awesome. That's an awesome end cap on that. So, so Terry, tell people how they can locate you, find you, um, connect with you, uh, get coached by you, all that good stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, um, if if you're interested in learning more about me or my approach to coaching, you can go to my website at terrybmcdougal.com. I also would love to get connected with any of your listeners um, via LinkedIn, and my handle there is Terry B. McDougal. And if you're interested in checking out my book, it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and that's Winning the Game of Work. And then finally, for anybody who's into marketing, I do have a podcast, which is called Marketing Mambo, and it's got its own website at marketingmambo.net. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you so much again for for coming to hang out uh, with me. And for those of you out there, if you are a practitioner, if you're a researcher, coach, trainer, speaker, and and you love to just have great conversation and you love to be a resource to others, I would love absolutely love to have you on the Hot Takes podcast. Um, and I would tell you, there's a lot of us out here, um, so much so. I'm already booking all the way out in July. Um, so we are, you all are coming out like gangbusters, wanting to share, wanting to help others connect to their true selves. Uh, and I am so, so grateful for it. Um, so thank you once again for those who viewed live. Uh, and then those of you who are going to watch the replay, uh, throw a hashtag replay in the comments. Uh, we want to know, uh, love to connect with you grow with you. Make sure y'all connect with Terry uh, because I am sure your organization will be better for it. So thank you once again for being here with us and in your conversations, in your life, always seek to be humble, open, and transparent. Until next time, folks. Thank you for listening to another Hot Takes podcast where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Please share, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. So until next time, make sure you present yourself every single day with intentionality. Actions over ideas always win.